Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Conflict isn't just what happens on the plot level. It isn't just between your characters. It isn't just between your protagonist and the antagonist. It isn't only when desire meets resistance or the goal meets opposition. The most powerful conflict happens within the reader. So you need to develop a complicated bad guy or villain or antagonist so that the reader is thrown off balance so that they can't have a simple response. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Panuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach, and each week we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. How do you write a bad guy? The villain, the antagonist, the one who makes life difficult for your protagonist. How do you give this person more life, make him or her believable and not just a cartoon character? Well, villains can be a lot of fun to write because they embody what we believe are the ills of the world or they represent people in our lives who have made life difficult for us. So they have this kind of mythic proportion. But one of the biggest pitfalls when writing villains is oversimplifying them. They can sometimes just be a prop to set up obstacles, but they're just as important to develop as your protagonist. So you've got to get to know them as intimately as you know your protagonist. That means you know their deepest desires, their fears, their worldview, their motives. You want to explore who they are as human beings. So for now, I want you to drop the word villain because that word alone can cause you to oversimplify him or her and create a cliche. Because even if your antagonist is evil, you need to give him or her something for the reader to connect to. You want to complicate the reader's reaction. So for now, let's just call this person the antagonist. Now, an antagonist isn't necessarily evil. He might be, and we'll get to that in a minute, 
But what makes an antagonist antagonistic? Well, the most obvious is that he gets in your protagonist's way of reaching the story goal. He makes the main story problem progressively worse. He makes life for your primary character difficult, challenging, maybe even dangerous. But there's more to it than that, and there's a lot more underneath the surface. So I'm going to share five secrets about your antagonist, your villain, your most troublesome character, so that you can bring more texture, complexity, and humanity to him or her. This will make your bad guy fascinating to your reader. Now, your antagonist can be a good person. He or she may even be a better person in many ways than your protagonist. They may be braver. They may have a better moral center. He or she is just in opposition in some way. So the antagonist may want something different that puts your protagonist's goal in jeopardy. The antagonist may want the same thing as your main character, and so it becomes a conflict between who outsmarts who to get the thing. But you want to make your villain or your antagonist real, complex, and smart. So the question is, how do we create an antagonist who is real, complex, and smart? Now, what if they're truly evil or just really unlikable? Well, secret number one, your antagonist is the hero of his own story. Everyone believes that what they do, even if it's bad, even if it hurts someone, they believe it's right. Yes, even if they murder, they usually feel justified because in their mind, it was the right thing to do. Neil Strauss, one of my favorite writers said, I've never met a perpetrator who didn't think they were the victim. I've never met a perpetrator who didn't think they were the victim. So look at it this way. Your villain sees your protagonist as the villain in his story. No one is totally right and no one is totally wrong. Now, I recently watched the movie, The House of Gucci. It's on Amazon Prime. It's based on the book by the same name. Now, Gucci is an Italian high-end luxury fashion house once owned by the Gucci family, and the family amassed a fortune. The story centers around the relationship between Maurizio, who led the company after his father died, and his wife, Patrizia. Now, Patrizia is an outsider from very humble beginnings. She's very ambitious. She enjoys the power of being a Gucci. She enjoys the extravagant wealth, etc. And through a series of manipulations and betrayal, she begins to unravel the family legacy. Now, eventually, Maurizio divorces her to be with another woman, and Patrizia is so hurt, she hires a hitman to murder Maurizio, and he dies on the steps of his office in Milan. This is a true story. Now, 
I did not like Patrizia. I didn't sympathize with her. I didn't like her at all, but I found her fascinating. She's one of the most unlikable characters I've ever encountered in a story, but I did understand how the way her husband dumped her could set her off. And that amounted to him saying he was going to Florence on business and then the next day having his assistant hand Patrizia divorce papers to sign. She was completely blindsided. She was disposed of. Now, if that had happened to me, I think I would have fantasized maybe about killing him, but I, of course, wouldn't do it. But she hired a hitman to do the deed. But I understood her pain. But here's the interesting thing about all of this. Lady Gaga, who played Patrizia, had to latch onto her humanity in order to play her with any real depth. Now, Lady Gaga thought of this as a discipline for survival. This woman, her class was so much lower than the Gucci's, so she was trying so much to matter. So she thought, what does it feel like and how can I keep myself in a mode of survival at all times. She also connected to what it's like to be a woman in a man's world. So these were very powerful men. They were obsessed with power and privilege. So she saw Patrizia's story play out as a series of traumatizing experiences where she was dismissed or disposed of. So she wanted to be famous. She wanted to control the narrative. So Lady Gaga had to ask, what happened to this woman? So she understood her as someone who knew that her class was much lower than the Gucci's. She wanted to belong, but did not. She wanted to survive, but could not and failed. And she was deeply hurt by her husband's disposal of her. And she did a bad thing. And at one point, she asks her ex-husband, what happened to you? When did you become such a monster? So your antagonist is the hero in her own story. Your antagonist's job in the story is to expose your protagonist's deepest fears, shortcomings, etc., That's what Patrizia did. The Gucci men betrayed their own family members to get more power and money. And this was ultimately their downfall. Now, Patrizia brought all this to the surface and she used it as a lever to control the narrative. She was smart, manipulative, but smart. And she was deeply wounded by the way her husband disposed of her. Okay. Secret number two, your antagonist believes passionately in something. He or she has a very distinct worldview. So there's a motive there. There's a motive beyond the thing they want. So you want to ask, why do they want it? I'm thinking of Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker in The Dark Knight. Now on the surface, he's a psychopathic killer. He's as evil as they come, but what makes him so chilling is he has his own moral code. He saw himself as the hero, and he had a worldview that supported that. 
So the Joker has been played by several actors, including Jack Nicholson and Mark Hamill. But Jack Nicholson and Mark Hamill's Jokers both wanted something. Notoriety, hierarchy, power, excitement. But Heath Ledger's Joker wanted to dissolve unjust societal hierarchies. His worldview was that these hierarchies oppressed the underserved. He wanted to prove that the moral codes are just these superficial layers of conformity. At one point, he says, the only sensible way to live in this world is without rules. So he's not completely disconnected from reality. He has his own moral reasoning. He knows the difference between bad and good. He just believes that his beliefs are good and the beliefs of everyone else is faulty. He knows the difference between right and wrong, but he does wrong to prove his point. He's smart and complex, and he's real. He has motive. I mean, people always have a reason for doing what they do. They have a logic. They always feel justified for doing even bad things. Now, this can be a lot of fun for you as the writer because you get to really dig deep into why this person, your antagonist, your villain, does what he does. What does he or she believe? What's a belief that you can get behind? What's his moral code? Okay, on to secret number three. Your antagonist can represent the real problem your protagonist has internally. Your antagonist forces your protagonist to face some really uncomfortable truths about himself. And ultimately, the most troublesome character can be your protagonist's greatest teacher. Because this is the person who forces your primary character to learn what he or she needs to learn. Now, I once had dinner with a big group of people, and there were a couple of artists there, Matt Bua and his wife Cassidy, who were exploring the concept of tricksters. Now, in Indian mythology, a trickster is a minor god of trickery and mischief. So they had us talk about the tricksters in our own lives, and we went around the table, and everyone talked about the tricksters in their life. Tricksters are often the bane of our existence. They take up a lot of our mental and emotional bandwidth, probably more than they deserve. But the idea behind tricksters is that they feel to us like our foe, and we often dislike, if not hate them. But ultimately, just by the fact that they trigger our fears, our shame, our insecurities, or our anger, they compel us to rise. So think of the tricksters, the villains in your own life, the people who consume too much space in your thoughts. I mean, why do they take up so much space in your head? Why do they get under your skin? What are they triggering in you? Is it fear? Is it rage? Is it insecurity? So your antagonist isn't just making life difficult for your protagonist. He represents his or her greatest fears. Think of people in your life who were in opposition to you in some way, maybe a boss 
or a coworker, an ex-spouse, your neighbor, anyone who interferes summons the stronger parts of ourselves. The act of going head to head with them activates our inner resources. We move into a different part of ourselves. Now, at best, these people are a nuisance. At worst, they're downright enemies. We don't trust them. We observe their every move. We try to stay a few steps ahead of them. Sometimes we just dread their presence in the room. So we feel like they're against us in some way, or at least that's how we perceive them. But we have more to learn from the people who trigger us than the people who are easy or neutral, the people that we get along with. Our enemies, the villains, and the tricksters in our lives make it possible for us to confront our own demons and change as a result. So these are the people who often force us to change in ways we'd otherwise avoid. So secret number three, your antagonist can represent the real problem your protagonist has internally. Secret number four. Your protagonist and antagonist have a lot in common. What makes the conflict dramatic, what makes it more tense, has more to do with what they have in common than how they're different. So think of your antagonist as the shadow side of your protagonist. Patrizia represented all that was wrong with the Gucci men. They were insatiable for power and money, and so was Patrizia. So even though they were victims in one way or another, Patrizia reflected all their weaknesses. I'm also thinking of Gus Fring, the drug kingpin from Breaking Bad. He owned legitimate businesses. I think he had a diner and he also did charity work. Now he was truly the coldest and most chilling character I can remember, but I'm going to hazard a guess that the actor who played him knew that he didn't start out that way. He probably was a good man. He could have been a good man or once was, but his life in crime hardened him and it hardened him as a way of protection. But here's the thing about this character. His heart and conscience is truly bad. It's bad to the core. But he reflects the person Walter White, our anti-hero, is becoming. I'm also thinking of Revolutionary Road. The main protagonist is Frank Wheeler, and that's who we experience the story through. His wife, April, is very antagonistic to Frank. She's not wrong. She's not bad. I would argue that she's heroic. She's more courageous than her husband, and she's more honest about how miserable she is than all the other married couples in the story. She's the only one among all the other wives in suburbia who takes a stand and says, nope, I want more from life than being a stay-at-home mom and housewife. Let's move to Paris. I'll work. Frank, you can figure out what your passion is. Now, Frank is just as bored as his wife is. He's just as discontent with the suburban American dream. He's bored with going to work every day. He's bored at his job. But 
He resists going against convention. Your protagonist is far from perfect. And if he or she is, she's one-dimensional, unrealistic, and boring. So maybe your protagonist's sense of morality is slipping away momentarily. We've all made immoral choices, if we're going to be honest. And at one point, we've gone against our own moral code. This doesn't make your protagonist bad, just living out of integrity sometimes. And so your antagonist reflects that. So your protagonist and antagonist have a lot in common. So think of your antagonist as the shadow side of your protagonist. And secret number five, your antagonist is complex. He's not all bad. So look for contrasts. For example, Gus Fring, he is chilling, but he's elegant. He's well-dressed. He's calm. His facade is always in control. The Joker, he's a clown. He's a scary one, but he's also intellectual. He's a moral philosopher, and there's something about his philosophy, a part of it, that we might actually agree with. Now, we don't have to like your villain. We don't have to like your antagonist, but we do have to understand him or her. Now, the best reaction you can get from a reader is a complicated one. Conflict isn't just what happens on the plot level. It isn't just between your characters. It isn't just between your protagonist and the antagonist. It isn't only when desire meets resistance or the goal meets opposition. The most powerful conflict happens within the reader. So you need to develop a complicated bad guy or villain or antagonist, so that the reader is thrown off balance, so that they can't have a simple response. For example, Humbert Humbert, at turns I despised him, at other times I liked him, he made me laugh, and at other times I even felt sorry for him, and that made me very uncomfortable given the reprehensible things he was doing. Hannibal Lecter, vicious, cold, terrifying. He's a cannibal. He's also elegant, smart, very perceptive, and charismatic. Opposing feelings occupying the same space. We don't need to sympathize with or like your antagonist, but when you complicate your antagonist, you complicate the reader's reaction, and that keeps us invested in your story and completely hooked. I respected Heath Ledger's Joker in many ways, not his methods, but I understood where he was coming from. There was an integrity there. I didn't sympathize with the violent drug pins that Walter White faced off with. I couldn't rest until they were killed. I wanted them obliterated. I wanted them to go away. But what disconcerted me the most, what made them terrifying, were these little glimpses into their humanity. They felt real. Tuco, one of the most unhinged and terrifying villains in Breaking Bad, 
also had a reverence for family. He respected his elders. His father, who epitomized pure evil, was in a wheelchair. He couldn't speak and could only communicate by ringing a bell on the side of his wheelchair. Also, these guys were hard to kill. They were smart. So look for contrasts. It could be just a small thing. It could be the way they dress. It could be just a small detail. But you have to build contrast into all of your characters and especially your most troublesome because those are the ones who are at most risk for being a stock character that we don't have any reaction to. Okay, so let's recap. The bad guy or gal, your antagonist, isn't just someone who gets in your primary character's way of getting what he or she wants at the end of the story. Your antagonist is real, complex, and smart. Here are your antagonist's five secrets. Number one, your antagonist is the hero of his or her own story. Number two, your villain believes passionately in something. He or she has a particular worldview. Number three, your antagonist can represent the real problem your protagonist has internally. Number four, your protagonist and antagonist have a lot in common. And number five, your antagonist is complex. So create contrasts, complicate your reader's reaction. You need to know your antagonist as deeply and intimately as you know your protagonist. So uncover this person's deepest fears, his desires, his motives, her backstory, what made her the way she is now. Now, this doesn't have to be on the page, but it helps you create layers to this character. Now, as a companion to this episode, I have a free character questionnaire that helps you get into those deeper layers of your most troublesome characters. So go to nancypinuccio.com forward slash character to download it. I'll link in the show notes. Villains and antagonists, these are the characters that are often the hardest to write because they sometimes do things that we could never imagine. But Imagine this character coming into a room that you're in and saying, there's a lot you don't know about me. And then he or she starts to speak. What would this person say to you? So there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Writer Unleashed. If this episode resonated with you, please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reviews are key to keeping Writer Unleashed on the top of the charts where other writers can find us. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, join us on our private Facebook group, Writer Unleashed Community. It's totally free to join. And if you want more free resources, plus writing tips, I only share an email. Sign up over at nancypinuccio.com. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Till then, keep writing, and I'll talk to you soon.